homage to the Blessed One, Noble One, the Rightly Self-Awakened One. Homage to the Blessed One, Noble One, the Rightly Self-Awakened One. Homage to the Blessed One, Noble One, the Rightly Self-Awakened One. Welcome to all the monks and novices, and blessings to all the laity. This week is coming to the day we commemorate the Buddha's birth, enlightenment, and Parinibbana. We are likely already aware of this and are in a period where we are practicing Dhamma as an offering to the Buddha. The Bodhisattva, the Buddha to be, was born in Lumbini Grove. This is something that does not arise easily. The Bodhisattva, with his Barami, his full spiritual perfections, came down to be born for the true benefit of all mankind. The day of Wisaka Puja is the commemoration of the most important occurrences of the Buddha and of Buddhism. It commemorates the two births of Prince Siddhartha. The first birth was being born with a human body, but his enlightenment was another birth, an incredibly rare birth, a noble, perfected birth, one that knew clearly into all the mental defilements, one that escaped from Mara's trap, that is completely ending all the sensual happiness and suffering. This was what made Prince Siddhartha become the Sama Sampuddha. This translates as the one who is enlightened all through his own efforts. One who doesn't receive any teachings from anyone, not receiving any rites from a divine god or any deity, but knowing clearly into all the world. This is what Prince Siddhartha, in the status of being a normal human being, was able to achieve. And every person has the right to know just as the Buddha knew as well. So the people called the Dhamma Vinaya, that is, the Buddha's teachings, as the Buddha Sasana. This translates as the religion of the awakened ones, the religion of those who practice for the freedom from all the mental defilements. So when the Buddha became enlightened, after he became the Sama Sambuddha, he then taught the Dhamma and opened the minds and hearts of the masses to become enlightened, following the Buddha as well. The arising of each Buddha is not an easy thing at all. Why? Because even with 100 or 1000 suns that shines light onto the world, this still won't be able to illuminate the minds of living beings to become free from all the mental defilements. This won't be able to illuminate the lives of all living beings in the world. But the Buddha is compared to the sun that illuminates the lives of all living beings. And this light does not choose and differentiate between them with love or hate. The Buddha was born for the benefit and happiness of all humankind and living beings, for only this. And it is so incredibly difficult for the arising of one Buddha. 
and so all Buddhists gather together in harmony to organize Visaka Puja. This is so that we can recollect this important day of the Buddha, the day the Buddha was born, enlightened, and attained to Parinibbana, which falls on the 15th day of the 6th lunar month. He was born in Lumbini Grove, which is located in present-day Nepal. The place of his enlightenment was in the town of Bodhgaya, and the place of Parinibbana was the town of Kushinara, that we know is in present-day India. And the day the Buddha was enlightened, which in the suttas say falls on the 15th day of the 6th lunar month, 45 years before the beginning of the Buddhist era. That morning, the Bodhisattva was residing under the banyan tree called the Ajapala Nikroda. Lady Sujata, the daughter of the chief of the town, offered Matupayasa, or honey-infused milk porridge, to the Bodhisattva by chance. Lady Sujata had previously come to this banyan tree to make a wish for a child from the tree deity, and that if this was granted, she would offer the milk porridge. Not long after this, she became pregnant following her wish, and gave birth to a boy safely. Then when she was ready, she took the milk porridge that had grains, fruit and pure milk mixed together. Some of the commentaries say that to make this pure milk, 70 cows drink the milk from 700 cows, then the milk of the 70 cows is fed to 7 cows, then the milk of the 7 cows are used to get the pure milk to make the milk porridge. So when she was ready to give the milk porridge to the deity at the banyan tree, she sent her servant to go there to inspect the tree, who saw the bodhisattva sitting there. She mistook him for the deity of the tree that had come to receive the milk porridge, so she quickly went to tell Lady Sujata, who then came and offered the milk porridge to the Bodhisattva with her own hands. She met the Bodhisattva and found out that he was putting forth effort in the area and that he had made a special determination for today. So Lady Sujata offered the milk porridge to the Bodhisattva with great joy. After the Bodhisattva finished the meal of milk porridge, he took the gold tray to float on the Niranjara River, and he made the determination that if he was to attain to becoming a fully enlightened Buddha today, then may the tray go upstream. But if he wouldn't succeed, then may it go as normal with the current. After the determination, the tray floated upstream and then sunk down into the river. After the meal, the Bodhisattva took rest in the Banyan forest in the area, and so he paused his effort in the afternoon to refresh himself, and then he went to the Mahabodhi tree and met the Brahman Sotiya, who offered him eight bundles of straw. The Bodhisattva received it and spread it under the Bodhi tree. And before the sun had set, the Bodhisattva sat and put forth effort by developing Anapanasati, the mindfulness of breathing. And here it is said that Mara, with his hordes, came to challenge the Bodhisattva for his seat that he was sitting on. The Bodhisattva said that this was his seat and that he had acquired it by his great effort. 
the Bodhisattva challenged Mara until the Bodhisattva was victorious. Mara retreated with his hordes and didn't come back to trouble the Bodhisattva. After Mara had retreated, the Bodhisattva developed Anapanasati until the fourth jhana and then proceeded towards enlightenment through gaining the three insight knowledges. The first knowledge was that he could recollect his manifold incalculable past lives. The second knowledge was a special knowledge about the karma that led to the arising of humans and living beings. He knew clearly into the karma of living beings. So the Buddha said, Kamuna watati loko, living beings go according to their karma. But the Bodhisattva had not yet attained awakening as the Buddha, which was not until the last watch of the night after 2 a.m. The first watch of the night was 6 p.m. to 10 p.m., where he had the special knowledge that he could recollect past lives. The second watch was 10 p.m. to 2 a.m., where he knew the karma of living beings. And on the third watch from 2 a.m., the Buddha had the special knowledge of the destruction of the mental defilements. This was through insight and from his heart. He had radiance and purity, and the Buddha knew that the main mental defilement that led to the creation of birth and existence is tanha, craving. When the Buddha became enlightened, he had destroyed craving with the wall of his great mindfulness that didn't allow an opportunity for tanha, craving, to build any more suffering. Buddhists understand that this teaching is that craving is the cause of suffering, which is within the Four Noble Truths. These are the most excellent truths that are able to manifest for every human, as long as they develop effort until it has been attained. This awakening of the Buddha is the attainment of true freedom. The Buddha gave up all that bound him, that is, the mental defilements that had grasped him for such a long time. He had completely eradicated them. This is the day of illuminating incomparable wisdom. It is a signal for humans who seek to cultivate true happiness. It was the day of the human right to determine their own way of life. The signal of humans' desire for ultimate happiness and that it could be gained all through one's own efforts. There was no need to pray to any deity. A human's own actions, speech and thoughts are what would show how that human's life would be. The Buddha attained the state that is Nibbāna by destroying the Gilesas, that is ignorance, which is the cause and condition for Tanha, craving to arise, and then for Upadana, clinging to arise, and then for becoming and birth to arise, and leading to the whole mass of suffering. The Buddha knew clearly that ignorance was the cause for Tanha, craving to arise, and Tanha was the cause for clinging, attachment, and the arising of me and mine. This is the cause for suffering, 
to have birth in different realms and have suffering arise. And this suffering is the cause for becoming and birth and the arising of Upadana, the arising of Tanha, and then having ignorance arise again. This is called the twelve links of the chain, known as dependent origination, which arose in the Bodhisattva's mind. The Buddha had cut the twelve links of this chain completely, and then attained to becoming the Sama Sambuddha after that night. This birth, the arising of the Buddha, was born in the heart that had destroyed Avijja, ignorance, completely. He was a Sama Sambuddha, enlightened all through his own efforts, achieved with his great wisdom of the Buddha. That is why he is called an Arahant, that he is far from the mental defilements. He is a Sama Sambuddho, one who is rightly self-awakened. The Buddha was perfected with knowledge and conduct. He was one who knew clearly into the world. He was one who had gone well. These are some of the Buddha's virtues. The Buddha had great wisdom. At that time, there was no one comparable who could know and destroy the mental defilements all through their own efforts. The people who had high jhana levels didn't have this level of wisdom. Even the dewas and highest Brahma gods couldn't overcome the mental defilements in their minds, whether the coarse, middle or refined ones. Only the Bodhisattva Prince Siddhartha who had full parami and became enlightened as the Samma Sambuddha could do this. There was no one with perfected wisdom that was equal to that of the Buddha in the whole three world systems. When we recollect our Sasada, the founder of the Dhamma, we will have great rapture and joy. And the Buddha possessing this great wisdom, he taught us to practice Dhamma. So when we have faith and confidence in the awakening of the Buddha, then we chant and pay homage to the virtues of the Buddha every day. The arising of the Buddha did not come easily. If there was no Buddha becoming awakened, then he wouldn't teach the Dhamma. We wouldn't know which path to walk. We would have to endure the suffering of renewed birth and death in Sangsara which is unlimited, without a way out. So the Buddha said, Vata Sangsara, this cycle of birth and death, we can't find the beginning of it, and the end of it can't be found as well. Even with the knowledge of the Buddha who knew how beings arise, how they were in their past lives, he recollected into this and saw no beginning to it. One has birth and death on and on and on. And looking forward, one can't find the ending of it. When does it end? One goes on taking rebirth and dying in sangsara. We can see that everyone in this world may be scared of death. But you know what? This is not the first time we will have died. We have died an infinite number of births. It is just that we have forgotten because ignorance covers the mind and we still want to keep building the causes for renewed birth. 
This is the same as building the causes to die again. And this will also occur an uncountable number of times into the future. So this life, we should quickly build our spiritual qualities by practicing Dhamma as an offering to the Buddha. The Buddha's mind was purified and the Buddha was liberated through his own wisdom. So may we be determined to practice Dhamma, be established in heedfulness following the teachings of the Buddha. Then we will become free from suffering, or at least we will reduce the number of renewed births and deaths, at least being no more than seven lifetimes. That means we have to understand all the Dhamma principles that the Buddha taught in the 84,000 teachings. And these all come down to what the Buddha taught, that rupa, vedana, sanya, sankara, vinyana, form, feeling, perception, mental formations, and consciousness is not permanent. The path of practice we follow is dana, sila, bhavana, generosity, morality, mental development, or sila, samadhi, panya, morality, concentration, and wisdom. This just means following the noble eightfold path that the Buddha taught. Practice by following this, and we will open the door. That is, the mind will become awakened to the Buddha and be a Sawaka Buddha, a noble disciple of the Buddha. This is seeing the Buddha with our mind. This is the arising of the Buddha one more time in our minds, the arising of a Sawaka Buddha. May you be determined. May you grow in blessings.